0: Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. I'm Matt Kershen. I'm Andy Wood. We did it. We got the intro <laughs> smooth and it. slick. It's a double guest episode, I yes, think. I,
1: uh, yeah, I think as long as uh,
0: right now we have a single planets. guest and we've got a second guest on the way, so let's just get let's just jump straight into this. Sure. Fuck the preamble. This is a friend, a comic, podcaster, host of the Sleeping with Sarah podcast, and someone I first met taking photos at my favorite venue in America, now sadly gone, the Lakeshore in Chicago. It's Sarah Albritton. How are you, Sarah?
2: I'm doing great. How are you guys? Very good. You're sleepy. (laughs) Not sleepier than I am.
0: (laughs) should point out, your podcast is because you are both someone who has narcolepsy, yes, and then also you interview comedians in your bed.
2: Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. And physically in my bed, I got a lot of questions about that. People are like, are they really? Yes. Yes, people yeah. really lay down in my I bed. I recorded it. It
0: hasn't come out yet, but I recorded an episode of that. It's on the bed, I should point out. We're yeah, like, not, not
2: in it. Sitting <laughs> yeah. or lying? And clothed.
0: Yeah, fully clothed, <laughs> separate. Sitting
1: down or, or lying down. Which one
0: is it?
2: it? It depends on the guest. I've had a couple guests that did like jump in, and just completely laid, laid down like under covers, and I just didn't correct them.
0: <laughs> I, I, I was sort of perched on top in a semi-reclined position. <laughs>
2: It's comfy. Yeah, it is weird. It
0: is weirdly kind of relaxing doing just the lying down part.
2: Well, I find that people are way more open to sharing more personal things because you're in a comfortable position, like you're in a therapist office. So, like 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 lying down on a couch, like people get more personal quicker. I found.
0: Maybe Did you think maybe you should sit on a chair next to them and just take
2: notes?
0: (laughs) With a fake beard and glasses? Exactly.
1: Um, How did you find out, or when did you find
0: out, that you had narcolepsy?
2: I uh, was diagnosed when I was 15, almost 16, uh, about two years after symptoms had started. So So what
0: are the symptoms?
2: um, You sleep. A lot. I was sleeping like 18 to 20 hours a day. Oh my god! Um, and I, um, like, I would basically my life was I would get up on the way to school, I'd sleep. I'd sleep in every class. I would sleep on the way home from school. I'd sleep at night. I'd eat. I'd eat and stay awake a little bit after I ate and then sleep. So my parents oh my god. took me to doctors. It's highly misdiagnosed. Highly, highly misdiagnosed. Only about 25% of the people are properly diagnosed. And so I went to doctors. They didn't know what was wrong with me for two years, and then they kept saying I had mono, which. You can't have mono for two years, and then um, I had a falling down episode, which is called a cataplexy, during uh, geometry class, and uh, because of that, I went to a neurologist, and he knew it was narcolepsy. Oh,
0: so uh, what was the treatment then? Yeah. What do they?
2: Oh, um, lots of drugs no um, I take a, I take a, like a. Like an, basically an upper during the day to stay awake. Like a, I take Vyvanse right now, and sometimes Ritalin at night. I, I like, Ritalin later in the evening if I gotta stay up for later for a set. And then I take this really weird medicine, Xyrem, at night, which um, yeah, that stops the hallucinations and the falling down and the stuff. Oh
0: shit, hallucinations! I didn't know that was part of it.
2: Yeah, it's called hypnagogic hallucination, hypnagogic and hypnopompic hallucinations.
0: What's the difference between hypnagogic and hypnopompic?
2: One is when you're first waking up, and one is when you're getting really tired. So I would see stuff. When I was 15, I thought I was crazy, because I would see stuff that wasn't there when I first woke up, and you learn from movies that you don't tell anybody (laughs) if you see stuff that's not there. So I thought, I literally was sitting in my teenage years thinking, I am just insane, and I can't tell anybody. Thankfully, I found out it was all the narcolepsy, (laughs) but it was a scary thing.
0: And it should point out (laughs) as well that even if it isn't narcolepsy and you are seeing things now, you you can tell people, hopefully, and they will find a... a for accepting ear and be able right. to help you deal with it in various ways
1: unless it's like a six foot tall rabbit that talks to
0: you and then yeah you're yeah crazy. in yeah. which case no nah. but um yeah so so those hallucinations are effectively your is that because you're basically dreaming while awake
2: yeah so there's a few different things so th- i have a loss of a chemical in the brain uh it's got two names hypocretin or orexin and that's what causes my sleep cycles to be off like when i first got sleep tested normal people go into REM like after like 90 minutes of sleep or so they like 7 or 10 minutes of REM and I was in REM within 30 seconds of like them turning the lights off Um, so that's when you dream most yeah yeah yeah. but you don't get restful sleep so like my brain literally never stops I guess (laughs) and so um, so that's why I was exhausted during the day and uh, but I would often hallucinate with a sleep paralysis uh, which a lot of people experience once in a while I would experience it multiple times daily and on top of that I would have a hallucination. A lot of times it was like a spider crawling on my leg and I'd have sleep paralysis. So I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I've had stuff like that. Not, not often but yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I would have it like every morning. Jesus. It was
0: uh, a lot of spiders.
1: Yeah. So, so the main problem is that you're not getting enough deep sleep so your body is constantly tired trying to get back to that because this chemical stops you from going into that cycle or um, is that not...
2: Well the chemical communicates to my brain. This is what I understand. <laughs> uh, chemi- c- communicates to my brain that I've had enough sleep and also, uh, also enough to eat as well. So like there's a couple different things a lot of narcoleptics are overweight and so there's a lot of it's just my body doesn't know that i've had enough so i could sleep for seven hours or 17 hours and still like feel the same when i wake up oh that's wow a... like i feel every day like if you guys were up for two or three days straight that's how i feel every day
0: oh man <laughs> wow because we talked about we had an episode still one of my favorite episodes we did it was the live one from Sketchfest.
1: 2014, uh, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, it was quite a few years ago, and it was with Kurt who was our comedian guest, but it was Matt Walker, Dr. Matt Walker, who was mm-hmm. the a scientist, and he's now he recently put out a book all about sleep. But he's an expert in sleep. He's based at is it San Francisco University of San Francisco I or it was Berkeley, maybe wherever he is, one of the Bay Area yeah. universities, and he's a sleep expert. And it was still one of the most fascinating. We, we've talked about it on the show in numerous episodes since, but it was definitely one we we all went in going, ah, well, I don't know how much he'll have to talk that'll interest us. But we've got Kurt and he's hilarious. So he'll cover, he'll fill in the gaps. And then we could have gone for three more hours. We just so many questions about sleep and how important it is oh. and how how it affects every bit of your metabolism and behavior and everything is affected by sleep. So if you have narcolepsy, it must it must have all sorts of weird knock-on effects that you can't even... You wouldn't even think
2: Yeah it's It's very strange But I'm very fortunate Because when I started Talking about it in stand up I became way more open about it And like so like Everybody knew No big secret You know so before I would like hide it And not tell people And now like all my friends get it They understand if I'm getting sleepy Or if I'm more energetic They're yeah. like oh You just took your pill A little bit ago didn't you <laughs> Right <laughs>
0: so- uh,
2: But yeah it's um, It's just something You learn how to live with I guess but But the big thing is like Awareness because like so many, like average. Di- I was lucky. The average diagnosis time is like ten years. <laughs> oh shit! And so from onset,
0: you got, <laughs> got noticed within a year or so. Within of di- like
2: two years, yeah, because then I had a couple years to figure out medication, and then I was able to go to college properly on the right meds and actually get through college and graduate and everything. So
1: the drugs you're taking just let you not. Need to sleep, but they don't actually make you feel more rested or change the quality of the sleep you get?
2: Well, the medicine I take at night does. That was an experimental medication. It's been out for quite a while now, at least over 10 years. But That's Xyrem. It actually, uh, this is why I don't drink very much. Uh, It has uh, the active ingredient in it is actually GHB. Um, which is known as the date rape drug, oh, but they shit. found a way that that actually helps I regulate the sleep. And, and it's, know
0: someone else who has narcolepsy and she was prescribed GHB.
2: Yeah, so that's what it. That's what the Xyrem. That's the medicine I take at night. Is and ah. so that actually helps because you take it like twice and like it wakes you up. And it, either tricks your brain into thinking you've had like a regular sleep cycle and for whatever reason it's a it actually is pretty amazing because it keeps the falling down cataplexy stuff stopping it stops the paralysis it really has helps with very like hardly any side effects so it's that one's except that i can't drink very much like I'd, i can have a beer and then take it like four hours later <laughs> you know but if you
1: did have a few drinks and that you would just be
2: i would just not take it no, I was saying, if but
1: if you did the the symptom, what would happen?
2: You could die. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so that's why it's like extremely regulated. It's like like only one pharmacy distributes it, and it's it's insane. But it's uh, that that's been very good. That that actually does help with the chemical stuff. Um, but I still because I have a fairly bad case, I guess uh, I have to take medicine to stay awake during the yeah. day. But that's yeah, twenty
0: hours. That's so that's hard. interesting. You have to go and be prescribed and. have... From, go to a secure pharmacy to get what is otherwise a very highly controlled drug?
2: No, they had to mail it to you. You had to sign for it. You had to get approved every single month to get it. Like It is intense Like to wow. get this. Jesus. And only certain doctors will prescribe it. Some doctors refuse to prescribe it. It's it's a very long, lengthy you process. You to have
0: to sign things that say, I will not drink on this. I will be...
2: Yeah, well, yeah. They, what the rule is now, it used to be 24 hours between drinks, but now it's like, I can have a drink and take it four hours later. If I have two drinks, I can take it six hours later. But after that... I just shouldn't take it so but it's I mean it's I guess I've been taking it so long I don't think about it I guess sometimes it's just a
0: bit of your life that you plan for now
2: yeah it's just it's a little bit harder like if I end up like not staying at my place you know or something like that right right. like then I had to like tell hey like uh, yeah, I gotta take this uh, GHP in the middle of the night. That kind of <laughs> is not the best thing to tell somebody that you're just starting to date. <laughs>
0: and right. As soon as you take it, or are you just out I, just you know, like everyone knows that I'm the one who gave it to myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's-
2: um. No, um. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like a liquid. It doesn't taste that great, but it. Eh, I don't know. You just and it get does, used to it. It doesn't knock you out. Not right away. Probably like within 15 minutes, I would be asleep. But um, well, because
0: I know people, it who've taken it recreationally as well like given it to themselves recreationally
2: yeah I, well this one's a little they've adjusted it I guess to, to for its own purposes so I've never taken like just the street GHB right.
1: but just ha- confuse it with uh HGH human growth hormone that's totally different
0: I, yeah they're very different <laughs> I just have two of the same ones <laughs> why did he sleep through the race right. like, why is <laughs>
1: Sylvester Stallone taking a date rape drug um <laughs>
0: How as someone with narcolepsy how do you feel about the numerous videos online of narcoleptic animals?
2: Oh, I mean I think it's funny. <laughs> I mean, I I have an open like you know, I mean there are actual dogs that have narcolepsy. The the fainting goats it's not exactly narcolepsy, but it's oh, okay. but I think it's I mean I think anything out there with more information on narcolepsy is good cuz it's bringing awareness and that's the what?
0: Yeah, cuz you know like oh, dogs don't fake it.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, that they, dogs they can't. not
0: doing it to Yeah.
2: But that's yeah. That's that's the only problem is that people with invisible disabilities. A lot of times, people just don't believe you, or will be like, like I, if I, I worked in an office for a while in Chicago, and I worked it out where I was like, I am gonna take a nap in this empty office during Mm. lunch, and like some people still like wouldn't believe me. They're like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, totally. People would believe I was lazy, and I think that's why I try to do so much now to like kind of show that you're not this
0: stereotype, right? (laughs) Mm. Well, also, there's a possibility that you know you said how long it took you to get diagnosed because it's not something people know about there might well be people who <laughs> see your act or hear you talk about it on podcasts and then are like oh shit this matches my symptoms
2: actually i've so, so many times that makes me so happy like when i've done like anytime i've done like a show with probably like more than 100 people or 200 people then then usually at least one person will come up to me and be like oh my brother is narcolepsy or my son is getting diagnosed i've had people come up to me and ask they said that they were trying to get diagnosed and like so many people like some doctors just refuse to diagnose people it's so crazy oh, right. and it, it's it's a very big problem that i'm trying to like figure out a way to address in a funny way mm. um but but yeah i feel really great when people come up to me and they talk to me about it um that's you know I'm, I'm part of like some support groups online for it and i try to like you know advocate for it as much as i can but everyone is very different for their stories yeah i'm
1: sure and then do you have any things that like trigger you because i thought i heard that sometimes like Excitement can just knock you out Is that a thing or Yes
2: yes So cataplexy The falling down thing The thing they make fun of Most in movies uh, Which only about half Of narcoleptics have mm-hmm. So like I'm that lucky half uh, um, So but if you're you, you, I do full body ones Where I'm standing I can cl- like It looks like I faint Like a collapse mm-hmm. on the floor Some people just have Like facial ones Or partial ones Like but it's a, It's technically the the technical term is cataplexy and it's a sudden loss of muscle control in the mm-hmm. body and that usually happens at like a height uh, shock or a change of emotion um you could be, do it so much that you're laughing so hard that you're excited that you're scared you're surprised uh-huh. for me it's been mostly surprised um I, Surprised, I guess. Uh, although I, I, did. I've had a, I had a couple with an ex where I got so angry that I would fall down and like oh, in the middle of shit. fights and stuff. Wow! But, um, and then you just win, right? He's like, yeah, God damn it, that, yeah. I've got How a do joke. I see it that. Dark? That's exactly. I've got a joke about that because um, then you win the fight. Like yeah. you can't get mad at me after that. Um, but but yeah, that's that does happen, and so I basically. To, to manage that because i'm around comedy all the time uh, and so to not laughs so yeah yeah so I, I do like a reverse um breathing exercise for acting where you like uh like acting exercise would be like unpeel the layers of and be more vulnerable so i mm-hmm. just like kind of do the reverse of that and try to like have so like i don't laugh a lot at shows it doesn't mean i'm not having fun i'm just trying to
1: stay <laughs> conscious and standing up or sitting down
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i just uh Yeah, and if that happens, like, no big deal. I wake up in, like, a minute. It's not a huge... And my body knows it's going to happen, so I've fallen away. It's kind of like a marionette puppet if you cut strings. It's kind of, like, collapses, you know? Your body knows? That's So my body knows it's going to happen, but I can't communicate. It's at the point where I can't communicate it. I usually... So your body
1: catches yourself kind of on the ground or not?
2: Mm, Well, yeah, so I kind of fall and kind of collapse on my knees is, like, the best way to do it. Um, I actually did it a couple years ago. I did a YouTube... A couple years ago, I did a YouTube um, video for like narcolepsy awareness that kind of showed like what that kind of looked like, mm-hmm. um, just for fun, I guess. <laughs> and but it's yeah, for me, I, everyone's a little different. But my friends can definitely see it if it's about to happen. Oh, uh, close people can tell, but it's it, it's something I can't I can't talk. Some people some people catch themselves and can get it, but I mean. It could be worse. Some people's some people have cataplexy, like at the point of orgasm. I'm just thankful I'm not one of those people because that that would be way worse. Like that would be on that subject. There's
0: the (laughs) the only other person I sleeping after sex. No, is that
2: a crime now? No, but that's during. Like that means like at (laughs) the point of orgasm. Like I'm sorry, but I mean, I think women should be allowed to have at least a few. You know,
0: (laughs) and also just generally, anyone should. Managed to hold off sleep For a minute or so Right, after. it's a yeah. minute You know, you give a courtesy minute
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: uh, Well, actually I, I think Ron Jeremy Has narcolepsy I, Oh, really? I believe that Because he, he, he was at a taping of The Green Room The Paul Provenza show And he fell asleep in the audience no. During the taping And afterwards Someone said, yeah He has narcolepsy
2: I believe Jimmy Kimmel has it But it's not as severe as mine It's like pretty low-key You know uh, like it's like uh, like he doesn't have cataplexy or anything but I believe Jimmy Kimmel has it as well and like other famous people Harry Tubman had it Um I'm trying to think of, there's, there's like a number of like like well known people that have had it
1: <laughs> yeah I just opened an incognito tab to see if Ron Jeremy does have narcolepsy and uh, according to AMC.com I don't know why he's is there a reality show he was on
0: i I don't know yeah hey, before star. before we get into the stories from this week's science news we've just talked about narcolepsy a lot, but what aside from? the science that's been done on you what is your background in science
2: oh my background in science uh, for, if
0: anything by the way we had a wide variety of answers over the years from different listeners oh, for, sorry, for um, a little
2: while i worked guess. at the museum of science and industry in chicago where, well, holy shit there where we go i did nice. but this is many years ago and i don't remember much from it that doesn't matter um, what were
0: you what was your job in the museum I, or jobs
2: i did tours of the smart house which was like the smart home like several years ago they had like this eco-friendly home and they would do like like have the way that it was designed where you'd open the windows and it'd have like a natural airflow Mm -hmm. you'd have like they'd like a bike that you could run the bike and it would power up the tv like like things like that that
1: really because there was a a gym in portland that had that that was like generating power from the equipment but it was such a tiny amount that it was just kind of make to make you feel you can't actually run a tv with a bike can
2: you i mean you could but like it's like the amount of Thing you'd have to power up, like you'd have to run for like two hours to power up for half an hour. So. Oh,
1: okay, I can't do um, real time biking in uh, the but,
2: yeah. but I've heard about one in Portland that was like a blender, like you're like trying to get it's a smoothie bar and you like do well, it to do sense. the blender. You they, know? Yeah, they had but...
0: one of those. There's a stall at Glastonbury, one of the the festival, the music and arts festival, and there was a there's a smoothie bar that does that, like that's oh, cool. the gimmick. They're like, hey, you, you pedal on this. Pedal on this bike here and you blend the smoothie and, and you, pl- you blend your. Own sm- no, I didn't because I'm not a smoothie fan. But I walk past it every day because it was right by the comedy's tent.
1: Are there a bunch of like macho dudes trying to s- blend faster than yeah. other people? fuck you. Look
0: at how well pureed <laughs> this banana and strawberry Dude is. Shake. They had that. Did you, did you ever. But also, also, just like that's less of a. It seems almost ridiculous that the bike generates electricity and then the electricity powers the blender when. Oh, I was assuming it was a mechanical connection. No, I think it was just ele- I think it was electrical. Ah, I could be wrong. Maybe it was a mechanical like a connection. I feel
2: like you don't waste. have to have electricity for it that. It feels.
0: I-, I could be wrong, because even as I'm saying that, that seems so stupid. Surely cut out the middleman and yeah, just have a... Just keep it all mechanical the whole time. <laughs> have some cogs.
1: That's like what they had at Burning Man a- for dropping off cans. Did you ever do that? Oh, buddy. I saw it. You what can was only it? recycle cans at this place if you get on the bike and do your turn to crush them all with these Oh, uh, that's right. ...tumbler, these two giant cylinders that... Go against each other with a bike chain
2: attached to them. I'm so jealous. You've been to Bur- I re- that's on my list. I definitely want to go to Burning Going Man again very soon. this year. When for is listeners, it?
1: Listeners, uh, three weeks. I'll be heading up <sighs> the last week of August, uh, and I'll be at nine o'clock and Esplanade at Crossroads. If anybody wants to come,
2: that sounds fun. Should be a good time. Yeah. So,
0: what else did you do? You did the small home,
2: and I did some tours of the U505, which is a big submarine uh, that they have. Like they literally built the museum around the submarine. It's a German submarine that they had. <laughs> Did uh, we
1: capture it or something? Or how do we
2: have this... Um, uh... Oh, gosh. Or did it like just said, surface in Chicago? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just showed up in Chicago. Um, I am horrible. Uh, so another little side effect of the narcolepsy is is a kind of a poor memory. That is that is a true thing. Uh, that's plausible as well. If...
0: That makes sense because memory is highly... Things
1: get sort of written into the long-term yeah. memory
0: overnight. That's yeah. that's how sleep... That's one of the things sleep does, isn't it? It... It's the time. I think that's even what REM sleep specifically is. That's what the images you're seeing. I believe, and I could be very wrong about this, but I believe it's pretty much that is your short term memory being written as long term memory.
1: Well, then that would mean you never see, you never have dreams about things that didn't happen, and you do though. So I think it's
0: it's pieced together. It's making sense of the images. I don't think
1: there's any consensus about what dreams are for or about. But I could be wrong.
0: I think dreams are all just uh, things that tell you what's going to happen in the future.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's all possible futures. (laughs) Yeah. As weird as they may be. <laughs> it's uh, parallel universes okay. you're getting a glimpse into? According to Wikipedia, in 1954, the U-505 was donated to the museum sense and industry. And it's one of just two still in existence. So uh-huh. it was uh, one of four German World War II boats that, w- that survived. That survived, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Is it was it pretty- captured in 1944.
1: Is it um, It's huge kept The same inside as it was Can you go um, inside it or not?
2: Yeah yeah So you do tours inside I mean they try to keep up Where you can you know So mm-hmm. they, they kept like the quarters Where the living quarters Where people would like Sleep and they'd show you The different areas That they had in the boat It's a It's huge Like it's It's a if you haven't been in the museum science and industry in Chicago, it's pretty awesome. It's like one of the largest ones, I think, in the mid... I think it's largest one in like the Northern Hemisphere or something like that. Oh,
0: by the way, we yeah. should say that you're looking that up on your, a laptop that's in front of you right now. Yeah, we so got a third laptop. Kindly donated by listener Austin Grossman, who heard us many times, or guessed many times, bitching about the fact that we get to cheat and have laptops in front of us and they can't look stuff up. And when I've got an old laptop uh, that is no longer being used and it's creaky but it works and would you like it and we were like holy shit that's so kind of you so he mailed he mailed the laptop in, to us so now donated to the show courtesy of austin you have a computer yeah. it's so pretty it's- cool he
1: put a solid state hard drive in it he put a uh, fresh install of windows 10 upgraded the memory it's missing some you can see on the side that like i think the optical drive is torn out and there's some dents and things it's but good, it works
2: it's, it's a, a little asset, but it's it's there's working a couple buttons missing man. Sure. i don't need those don't buttons need that's button. okay.
1: what's that for yeah so, this it's, is the house laptop now.
2: It's
0: super cool. So, thank you so much. Oh, Austin and also Shelly. It looks like it's come from yeah. the both of them. So, oh, thank you.
1: And there's a wireless mouse. I didn't give it to you, but I don't know what she would do oh, with it. Right oh, yeah, so yeah. The mouse pad works in that, right? Or what do you yeah, call the trackpad yeah, thing?
2: Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Um, cool. so, so, thanks, that's, Austin. So, I think the museum, I think that might be the extent of my <laughs> science, except for I took, like, um, what else in college? I took, like, I don't know, um, physics in college, and I took. You know, school and you know regular you are, classes in high school. But
0: you are so far ahead of so many of our guests. Let's get into some listener emails.
1: Let's we got do that. A lot in the last week. We and got loads. Uh, there was one that was. Um, Targeted at you for, because of your math back, your maths background, but I uh, became obsessed with it. And Yeah, spent... I,
0: I did not correctly get the answer to this, but it looks like it took a while for anyone to get the correct answer to this when they first solved the problem.
1: Yeah, Seamus Phillips sent us a thing called the 100 prisoners problem, and he said okay. he couldn't work it out, so he looked up the solution, and it's amazingly simple
0: and elegant, but he can't wrap his head around why it works. I I, I do like these puzzles, and I went about trying to <laughs> come up with it the wrong way and understand it.
2: I love riddles, so this is fascinating to me. Is
0: it, so, 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 yeah, well, he, he, here's the problem. Okay. So do you want to sure, read I'll it out? Sure, I'll just announced? read you from Wikipedia.
1: Uh, the director of a prison offers 100 death row prisoners who are numbered 1 to 100 a last chance. A room contains a cupboard with 100 drawers. The director randomly puts one prisoner's number in each closed drawer. The prisoners enter the room one after another. Each prisoner may open and look into 50 drawers in any order. The drawers are closed again afterwards... If during this search, every prisoner finds his number in one of the drawers, all prisoners are pardoned. If just one prisoner doesn't find his number, all prisoners die. Uh, before the first prisoner enters the room, the prisoners may discuss strategy, but may not communicate once the first prisoner enters to look into the
0: drawers. Okay, so just to you, <laughs> to so recap... What's, what's the best strategy?
2: Uh, well, I mean... Hmm.
0: So to recap, just to restate this so everyone's got this puzzles fixed, this prison is run by uh. A maniac who is, however, fond of probability and combinatorics. So this lunatic prison governor has created this scenario where the prisoners can confer as much as they like with each other before this whole process starts. But once it starts, they are separated and cannot talk to each other.
2: And they each go to the room separately, individually.
0: Correct. They each individually go to the room. They each open 50 drawers in some common... Exactly. There's 100 prisoners, 100 drawers, and inside each of the drawers is a number, and each of the prisoners has a number, Mm -hmm. and each of the fronts of the drawers has a number, but obviously the front of the drawers are numbered 1 to 100, but inside the drawers are numbers that are are randomly distributed, and they are allowed to uh, open only half of the drawers in the room... And just to be clear, the solution... The, the, the optimal... There is no way to guarantee that they win. Right. Okay, the so optimal solution I, that you're looking for is one that maximizes their chance of, of not dying.
1: That's better than one, 1 over 2 to the 100, which can is I, what...
2: Can I answer what I think? Sure. Yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. That okay? Uh, so my thought was just... Because you're allowed to open the drawers. Just say... Put them all out on the on the table or whatever. Oh, if you no, open you the doors. Do you can't do that. No, no, no. Oh. Okay. It's not
1: tricky. It's not. Yeah, no. nothing I, that would, violates the rules. I would
2: just know. say, hey, like they all just take it out and like the, they, they can all like. <laughs> and then after the second one, then all of them are out and then they can just pick their yeah, numbers. Yeah, that, that
1: would give you 50. <laughs> yeah, there are those ones
0: that have those tricksy answers. Like and I like I, mean, I like well. those kind of puzzles too. Like the one where you're allowed to turn on one light switch and then off again, mm-hmm. but the, the solution is you go in and feel which bulb is warm and that.
2: But, but so it's not like that. You can't do no, that. No, no, uh, it's guys. nothing.
0: I mean, it's I, it's not. This tricky is pure math. Mathemat- this is pure mathematics and probability. But
1: even after reading the answer a bunch of times, uh, uh, mm. I don't want to say it yet. But if you just opened randomly, this. every prisoner individually would have a fifty percent chance of finding theirs. So then you would have one half to the hundredth power, so one over two to the one hundredth, which is an impossibly small. Basically, it's completely impossible at random for you to win but there's an optimal strategy that allows you to win about 30 percent of the time Win, yeah, win meaning no, everyone gets pardoned enough. yeah so
0: just there is a the, the optimal strategy that they've discovered has a survival probability of a bit over 30 percent so you've got almost a th- almost a third chance of winning which uh, and surviving which is pretty good given what seems like a ludicrously unlikely situation
2: <laughs> um i really want to think about this i'm going to try to to think about this, and I, I don't have another answer yet. But
1: well, we could say, we could, listeners could, who don't want to hear the answer,
0: you can you can pause, pause, mm-hmm. go look it up, or go think about it. Yeah, go look it up podcast. and have a think. I certainly didn't get there. Um, and even <laughs> uh, once we explain it, I'll, I'll give. See,
2: uh, see, I think that there's got to be some sort of like coordination where it's like, hey, you take the first row, second, row, you know, like some sort of depending on the rows, or I don't know, like it. Yeah, I
1: figured it has to be something where everybody has a different strategy, obviously, Mm -hmm. or else you would end up with that same one half to the hundredth power.
0: So, I'm going to read out how Wikipedia describes the answer. It says, surprisingly, there is a strategy that provides a survival probability of more than 30%. The key to success is that the prisoners do not have to decide beforehand which drawers to open. Each prisoner can use the information gained from the contents of every drawer he has already opened to help decide which one to open next. Another important observation is the way that the success of one prisoner is not independent of the success of the other prisoners, because they all depend on the way the numbers are distributed. So that's why, when when we first said that the probability is ludicrously small, because it's a half to the power of a hundred, which is rough, which is Uh, 0.0, like what, what is that? They're probably like 40 zeros and then the number eight Um, after the decimal point. So, which is ridiculously unlikely, but they're not independent, so... Uh, so here's the strategy. So you first have to let's say the the drawers are also numbered on the outside, one to a hundred. Just you know which way. You're, Sarah, you're currently covering your ears. You don't want to know answer? the answer.
2: I want to try to see if I can figure it out. And if I, like in like a day, if I can't, I will like. Okay, awesome. Okay. Carry on,
0: carry on listening yeah, and humming. Okay. Is that is that weird? Sure. Yeah. No, no. So no I'm just making sure you're okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. No, yeah, I'm not She's
1: covering like... your ears and closing your eyes. Yeah. So we've got to see this quickly so we can bring her back into the podcast again.
0: Okay, so. The the drawers on the outside are also numbered 1 to 100, but they have different randomly distributed numbers on the inside. Um, So each prisoner first opens the drawer with his own number on it. Mm -hmm. If this drawer contains his number, then he's done. He's successful. Otherwise, the drawer contains the number of another prisoner, and he opens the drawer with this number. So in other words, let's say you're prisoner 20. You open drawer 20 first. You go, if it's 20, you're done, you're finished. If it says thirty six then you go all right, and then you' have to draw number thirty six and then you open that drawer, and if it's your number, you're done. If not, opens draw it says seventy seven okay, we go to draw seventy seven then it says draw number one, and so on. The prisoner keeps repeating these steps until he finds either his own number or he's opened fifty drawers, and boom, we're dead mm-hmm. by starting with this number, the prisoner guarantees he's on a sequence of boxes eventually containing his number the only question is is whether this this sequence... Sorry, go ahead. No, it says, the only question is whether this sequence is longer than 50 boxes.
1: That's a part of the, one of the things in the solution statement that I don't understand, because, yeah, if no matter what, you're on a a walk that eventually leads to your number. It's just a matter of how long it takes to get there. If you start at one and go to 100, you're on a walk that will lead
0: to your thing eventually. So, but go on. Uh, Well, here is... It's true. No, it absolutely is true. But I guess a different way of thinking about it is... Every every single prisoner now is on the same is on this same walk
1: as they would be if you started at one and went to hundred.
0: <laughs> but except that prisoner will stop if they reach their own draw, as they would going from one to hundred.
1: I know I'm not questioning you. It's oh. just like when I heard this, I, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Except, and I guess it makes sense to have a strategy that involves everyone starting at a different place in this in this walk that everyone is following. But um, at the same time, wouldn't all the logic that says this is a better strategy also apply to everyone start on your number and then just go up in the numbers from there and not follow the leads of like basically almost treating these like pointers. It's almost like a computer science thing where, you you know, there's the there's the data and then there's the pointer and then the data of the new one is the pointer of the next one kind of right. Like you open one and see seven. So you go to seven, you open seven, you see 13, you go to 13, you see whatever. Uh, and then stop when you hit yours. And so no matter what, everybody is on the same path. It's just a matter of where they start because of what their number is. But that's also true if you just said the strategy is look at your number, go open that number, and if it's not there, keep going up one number, and everyone else will do the same thing. Like, I don't get how that's more optimal than what I just said.
0: I'm going to have to think about this again.
1: That's because, yeah, I mean, even though though this is the solution, it's not simple to explain, and I've tried reading. It's a very long explanation of... uh, um. What's the term for the theory? Cycles or what? What do they call these? These walks? Yes, cycles. Hmm. Oh, there's Josh. There's Josh
0: Cheney
1: We have our fourth our second, our fourth person, second guest, <laughs> right? Twenty minutes before Matt has to leave. Uh-huh. That is Josh Cheney joining us via bicycle with a fresh uh, Cubs hat on. I don't know. I, I I didn't mean fresh as in dope. I, I <laughs> looks very like uh, clean from the store or something.
2: Yeah, I just yeah, dog. W- <laughs> I just moved here from Chicago. No,
3: yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Welcome. How do you like it so
0: far?
2: I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying L.A. It's uh, still oh, shit. Something's happening upstairs. <laughs> moving. Uh,
0: Someone just fell or yeah, died upstairs. Yeah, it like somebody <laughs> fell down. I don't know if that got picked up by the microphones, but there was a large crash. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to have to really sit down and think about what the difference is between doing the walk that way, doing the cycle that way, and right. doing the cycle. And the easiest way to probably do that is to think about four points rather than 100 points.
1: Yeah, that's the only thing that does make some sense is they reduce this to a smaller number than 100 and show how their strategy does give you a better than, you know, just... Sheer chance. Odds, I'm going
0: I'm definitely gonna have to sit down with a piece of paper though and rework this out because I read it briefly when we were coming over.
1: Josh, we'll uh, we'll go over this after the podcast. No but problem. It's
0: a very interesting puzzle involving. It's a prison. I like it. I like any mathematics puzzle that involves prisoners being set some overly complicated <laughs> mathematical task yeah, that results yeah. in them either living or dying. I don't know.
2: I just like the idea that if you're smart enough in math that you could like get free, you know that that, that could free you. Or yeah, something. if you have like, a
0: very you, you death row kind idiot, of- <laughs> why would you not do the optimal? Everyone discussed this, Tony. We've been through this. Why do you have to always ruin the game theory?
3: If I was a warden, I'd be like, if you solve this, you're free to go. Yeah, well,
0: that's, that's, that's what exactly what this is. That's puzzle, what the puzzle is. is. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, it's, okay. but I mean, it's a death row puzzle, so like it's basically uh, it's. You know what, it's a pretty, pretty big swing, really. Like, the two options are either freedom everyone or death. Every, everyone was going to die anyway. All 100 people are put to death. No possibility of appeal or parole. This is very all unethical. Or wow. All or nothing. <laughs> or everyone is just allowed to walk free.
1: And mm. at the end of it, you still have a 70% chance of dying, so you could do this whole thing and be like, ah, we're so smart, oh, fuck. Yeah, we're we dead. did everything right.
0: <laughs> we did everything right, and we still died. <sighs> That's most,
1: the most likely scenario is that. <laughs> But I assumed when I clicked on this email that it was going to be one of those um five pirates who are all infinitely intelligent and aware of each other's intelligence having to propose how to divide up these 100 100 coin, gold coins. Oh yeah, and I then like they those ones vote. as well. Yeah, yeah, and then if they they either vote yes or they throw the person <laughs> overboard who suggested the thing and we, uh, <laughs> and there's only one possible solution and it's very counterintuitive like one person only gets one you get, like, 98. It's Because uh, all you have to do is beat the option of whatever the next person is going to propose. And if right. you are all equally smart, you would know what happens in the two case and, therefore, what happens in the yeah. three case. And all But, that.
0: Here, but those, those puzzles always – they never take into account people's malice – yeah. And sense of fair play. What well, says, well, says in true. the
1: rules that their primary motivator is not dying and then optimizing their goal? I guess if you put malice. if
0: you bring death into the because normally because I've seen those puzzles proposed as just like you get the money or you don't get the money, and then people like people. It turns out often in psychology, people would rather. Get nothing. That's what I was going to say. But yeah, have it sort of be thing, fair, rather than be like you die if you thing isn't gets, the, gets okay. is okay? There's a
2: game show that's based on that where it's like four people and then they decide <clears throat> the, the winnings or what. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, well, there's a
0: few. There's one in Britain called Golden Balls as well that had that. That's just the prisoner's dilemma though, right? It basically. is basically. And the wall, golden balls. Or golden ball or golden balls? <laughs> yeah. And there was a there was a famous episode terrifying. of it where it yeah, got one's the best that I think has a. I'm gonna say like a This American Life or one of those podcasts did a whole episode about that specific. Such
1: a good piece of TV, yeah. It's Oh, and we should mention, I mean, I should mention, or not, uh, that I've been addicted to Only Connect. I finally started, thanks to your constant nagging, and I can't stop, and now I watch probably five episodes a night before I go to sleep. Uh, I saw
3: it on your Instagram story. I, I
1: was a little drunk, and I was just posting like screenshots from you salt at the Because you very happily sold the How do you milk? Come on. What is this? It's called Only Connect. It's the most British thing of all time. It's a <laughs> game show where all you have to do is find what's in common between, mostly what you have to do is find what's in common between four very random seeming things oh. and there's uh, no frills there's no audience you don't see the scores I don't even know if there's any money for the winners I
0: don't, I don't you know. think it is I think they just win and <laughs> that is very British it used to be on BBC4 one of our listeners pointed out that it's now moved to BBC2 which is a bigger channel mm-hmm. like, so I guess a lot of people watch this show but it is extremely nerdy it's designed for really hardcore quizzes mm. it's it's really it's a lot of obscure information. From what I saw, it,
3: it looked a little bit like an SAT kind of a. If there's this, then there's sometimes that. Sometimes
0: there are analogies, and
1: then you have to find the
0: the common. Some of the connections are sort of a grammatical or sometimes to do with it's a like there are wordplay words hidden and some,
1: within the words or anagrammy things.
0: Sometimes you, you have to know historical facts. Sometimes it's homophones. It's it's any kind anything. of connection. But it's kind of like
2: a Mensa test on like it, it's it really, really is, hard. and it's amazing. The stuff it's very gratifying right.
0: though when you get it right yeah. when the panelists didn't. Yeah,
2: yeah, I got a couple.
0: As with any game show, that's true.
2: I think that's why people watch game shows, right? Pretty yeah. self satisfaction of knowing oh, the answer and
3: judge shows. Yeah, <laughs> like for, at least I'm not as dumb as this
0: idiot. Die <laughs> like, on death row, you stupid mathematician! <laughs> I've been noticing watching this
1: show. They do. I think they uh, increase the volume of the music. And they mess with the levels on the the microphones, the team, when they're discussing. Because oh. you don't ever he, clearly hear what they're saying until they officially buzz in. And I was thinking, like, why, why can't I ever make out... I'm like, well, it's intentional, so it doesn't spoil the fun if you're also trying to solve it at home. Right, 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 right. In. That makes sense. But it's really satisfying. And it's the the nerdiest. It's your,
3: it's your addiction du jour.
1: It's, well, it's also 13 seasons are all on YouTube without commercials. You
3: can just... Fall you into that hole for yeah, a long time. One more episode. Yeah, sure.
1: And
2: just automatically plays. It's, and... I right. just
1: set up a playlist so it'll just go in order throughout the entire. What you do you should. call a series of series? Is in Britain? You uh, call a season a series. So what's a, what's a series?
0: What's it a... be a TV show that's made of series? But how would you refer to the entire run of it? The show. Just the, <laughs> the show. Just the, whole show. Run. the whole. The run.
2: And shows usually only last like a couple seasons, typically series. in Britain, right?
0: Yeah. A couple
1: series.
2: Series. Well,
0: game shows are a different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those can just go Um, forever. Other listener mail, by the way, Linda Moulton once... uh, Sorry, Linda Moulton wrote in to tell us that the little frogs that Lisa Curry was talking about are called spring peepers. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they are. And also... Of course. We were asking about how species get named. She said... A bit quick connection It basically has to do With taxonomy And how the species will be classified This is what we were asking Who gets to name them Why don't you name them After yourself Right She sent an article That breaks it down But And said yeah It seems like everyone's Disappointed they can't Just name species After themselves I think with some Of the more obscure species Like the lemur Named after John Cleese It has to be Specifically a tribute Or listed as a tribute To someone or something What's her qualification? How does she know so much? She said, right here, (laughs) I did a bit of museum research in undergrad, and I can't tell you how many species have part of their name Linnaeus or Gould after the naturalists.
3: Mm. There we go. So she just goes to museums a lot.
0: I guess so. Sometimes
3: that's better than Wikipedia or internet.
0: Yeah. Well, and and work there and... I can't remember what her undergrad was in, but I presume it was something science and connected. Probably. She has written in before, and she is, I believe, our most generous donor. If you're listening again, thank you, Moulton. So, there we go. I'm sure she's listening right now. Mm. There's I, no way she's not, right? I, I'd, be, I'd be gutted I mean, if she wasn't uh, listening. And
2: how awful would it be, like, the one episode you don't listen to or the one that they mention your name, like, five yeah. times? A bunch of times, Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Someone else we've mentioned a lot on this show sends a lot of stories in and donates is Justin Broad, who sent in a story about these tunnels in South America dug by extinct giant sloths. What? I kind of thought this was uh, fake news uh, when I clicked on it, because this picture, like, that can't be dug by sloths. There's no way. But it's Popular Mechanics, which I'm inclined to believe Oh. Yeah, like they're not like the National Enquirer. Like,
2: something. how big are these slots? Are they <laughs> like Beetlejuice? Well, are they like Beetlejuice size? Like the big snake things in Beetlejuice? Oh, like, uh, like the, I guess the sand, they were. Uh, look at yeah, the size they, of this! Holy, isn't that insane? Right? Jesus,
0: okay,
2: I know. That's can exactly. I use the
3: word shit.
0: Holy you, shit! Yeah, you can use the s cuss on this word, on the oh show. God, that's, so that's yeah, Deep at least Brazil. ten ten feet wide. You can use the poop slur. Thank you.
1: Deep inside Brazil, there are tunnels large enough for a person to walk through. They are neatly symmetrical, too neat to have been caused by any known geologic process, and they are lined with claw marks. I still can't believe this. These mega tunnels are probably the handiwork of giant ground sloths. Oh, I Among see them now, the claw paleo marks. Paleo burrows that no longer walk the earth. But tens of thousands of years after these megafauna did their digging, those tunnels still dot this part of South America. Oh, Discovery is a great feature up about it.
2: What worries me is that people just assume that, you know, no longer walk the earth. Like, they could have just dug really deep or. Oh, <laughs> oh they're know, still here. Yeah, like, like, like I mean, well, because th- we've been finding different things in the ocean. Like, uh, like what? There was a species that they thought was long extinct that they recently found, right? Like, like an s-
3: octopus s- or a squid. C- it was
2: like something really cola, rare. And cola. they're like, oh, we thought this was extinct like 1,500 years ago or. Nodded. Huh?
3: It's and, still way down there.
2: And that's what worries me is like, we think that these things aren't ex- in existence, but. You know, like we we you know like we don't know. <laughs> I think those yeah. are
3: uh was those those coelacanths? Is that right? I know what coelacanths are. I know they are.
1: Um I think that comes to mind because they were thought to have been Yes, they were thought to be extinct in the late Cretaceous about 66 million years ago, but rediscovered in 1938. Yeah. Off the coast of of South Africa. But yeah, these holes, or these uh, tunnels, um, up until the 2000s, little was known or written about this bounty of holes. But since he came upon his first one near Novo Hamburgo, Brazilian scientist Heinrich Frank has found more than 1,500 tunnels. How have I never heard about this? Frank has found burrows that measure hundreds of feet long. Scientists have discovered one with branching tunnels that when you measure the thing in its entirety... Comes in at 2,000 feet long. It had to have been dug oh, by many God. creatures over generations, not by one or two giant sloths. The big open question is why. The tunnels appear to be much larger than any burrowing animal would need to get away from bad weather or hungry predators. As Frank tells Discover, there's no explanation. Not predators, not climate, not humidity. I really don't know. <laughs>
2: well, also, like, how long? Because they're sloths. Like, how, how long, long do you claws? think it would have or, taken? Like, because I guess, they what move. What else
1: do you have to do when you're a sloth? Like, it's like just they like. moves so Shawshank slow. Style. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did discover a poster of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Marlene Dietrich. No, uh,
1: Jane Mansfield. No, nope. uh, Rita. It was Rita Ray Hayworth. Oh, Rita Hayworth. It was Rita because
0: Hay- that was the original book, wasn't it? it was called like Rita, Hayworth. Called Hayworth, called Rita and ha-
3: Hayworth. and Rita Hayworth the Charging Redemption. Ha- yeah, it was that. The Body, which was Stand by Me, and then Is the
0: Green Miles. And Green I think Mile?
3: Apt Pupil might have also been in been in that series. It was, the were just, Bachman
0: Chronicles. What well, we're talking about discoveries. Numerous people sent this story in. And we can't not cover it, because it's a huge space story. Researchers have found evidence of an existing body of liquid water on Mars. Oh, shit. Yeah. Big Mars water thing. It's just like a little pond, a little, little lake. Yeah, you know, they, were, they, were, they, they drove into it by accident. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, what they believe to be a lake sits under the planet's po- south polar ice cap and is about 20 kilometers, 12 miles across. Previous research found possible signs of intermittent liquid water flowing on the Martian surface, but this is the first time of a pers- sign of a persistent body of water on the planet in the present day.
3: Mamma lake-,
0: lake beds like those explored by NASA's Curiosity rover show water was present on the surface of Mars in the past. However, the planet's climate has since cooled due to its thin atmosphere, leaving most of its water locked up in ice. The result is exciting because scientists have long, since, long searched for signs of present-day liquid water on Mars, but they've come up empty or yielded ambiguous findings. It'll also interest those studying the possibilities for life beyond Earth, though it does not yet raise the stakes in the search for biology. The discovery was made using MARSIS, a radar instrument on board the European Space Agency's Mars Express orbiter. It's not a very large lake, says Professor Roberto Orsi from the Italian National Institute of Astrophysics, who led the study. Uh, he 12, was twelve miles is pretty. I don't know. It's that's like significant. Half of Tahoe, right? What but is it's, that? Yeah.
2: it's not like a. Lake. It's not like a great lake. You know, it's, not. it's
1: not. a great lake. That's true. Awesome Midwesterners. We know lakes. Right. Yeah. Get off
3: this shit, um, Mars. Is it Venus that's as close in size to the planet Earth? I think Venus is very close. They're very close. Is, Mars it, is pretty close, I think. Isn't but it? Mars is larger. Yes.
0: I can't remember. No, Mars is smaller too. It's I think.
3: Smaller. Still twelve miles. Across the entire planet. Oh, yeah, if that's I guess. the only thing yeah, that's not, that not much. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, let's see. Weight on other planets. Let's see how much you weigh on other planets. When asked for.
1: But that won't give you size because the density might be different. That'll that's the also mass true. Of the planet, sort of.
3: I'm your density.
1: <laughs> so,
0: enter your weight here. That's the best line in any movie.
3: <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> All right, yeah, so.
0: There's a. Th- I'm oh, gonna this put, is great. There's a website that does every single planet what your weight would be. So I'm going to put, my, it says enter your weight here. It doesn't have any units, so I just put 100 okay. just so we're, Oh my god, I'm totally moving to oh, the moon. I'd you, only be 16 pounds. Yeah, if you weigh 100 arbitrary units, your weight on Mercury is 37.8. Your weight on Venus, uh, or your mass on Venus...
1: No, your mass stays the same. Oh no, yeah. good point.
0: Good, good point. Yeah. Come on, yeah. Matt. Sorry, so your weight on Venus is ninety point seven arbitrary weight units. So not a huge difference. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty close. So it's just nine tenths of the gravity
3: on Earth. You know, the Venus takes away ten pounds. That's what <laughs> they <laughs> say. That's
0: what they say. say that. Uh, but do. Mars is a lot less though. Yeah, the Moon sixteen point six. Mars thirty-seven point seven. So oh. Mars is about a th- just just over a third of the weight of um, your body on the earth on the earth jupiter 21 jupiter 252 wow saturn 106 so saturn's pretty close as well saturn's very close but it's it's not solid it's not no it's a gas giant so
1: how would you're saying if you could stand on its
0: surface that's what you'd weigh yeah uh uranus is 88.9, also similar. What, what did, you did you just also say? <laughs> yes.
2: that's solid, Rewind. Neptune yeah, can you please say that planet again, Matt?
0: <laughs> just just avoiding saying Uranus is 88.9. Uh, Neptune, 112.5. And Pluto, you wee, you're tiny, a
2: 6.7.
1: Oh, shit. I forgot it's that much smaller than the moon. Just a so wee. much smaller. The you're,
2: sun, though. Does yours show the sun? Men shows the sun.
1: If you stand
0: in the sun, how much do um, you pay? Actually, I think we're probably uh, on that same. wouldn't be possible. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, on the sun you'd be two thousand seven hundred and seven point two, and fat ass. Yeah, a white dwarf you would be. Hang on, I don't even. am oh trying to count the God, zeros. Yeah. You would be one, two, three. You would be a hundred and thirty million, and a neutron star you would be. I Think one, you're in the trillions there. Uh, hang on, that's million. That's. Uh, uh that was thousand, that's a million. That's a million. That's tr- that billion. One point four trillion. One point four trillion. Weight units is what you would weigh. Weight units on a, so you know. You don't want to be doing that yeah, in a hurry. A new <laughs> uh,
1: diet starts Monday. Uh guys Monday. actually <laughs> I, I woke up think... like this, hashtag flattens. Oh Jesus. <laughs> blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> um have you guys watched the new sasha baron cohen
2: yeah
3: not yet
1: I, I
2: didn't watch the most recent one but i watched the first two
1: he's kind of going back to the well of some of his older bits why like, not i always remember the one with buzz aldrin when Leg asked if man will ever walk on the sun <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. says, what if he goes in winter when it's cold
3: my opinion is if you're a one-trick pony it doesn't matter as long as the trick is really good, good yeah it's, if a, good it's trick. a good trick yeah and obviously he's not a one-trick pony but It's one of his tricks. Go back to it. Why not?
1: One of his right, the right wing character, I think he did a similar dumb thing where he keeps going back and forth with maybe Dan Rather about something about space or the sun, just playing the buffoon. He's like, no, that's not true. This is what's actually true. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm not complaining. It's just, uh, when he goes back to the, my favorite LAG
3: joke of all time, like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Haven't caught him yet they're on my DVR it I'll okay. get around no, to it's, it
2: it's good well I mean especially if you have the power to like get someone to resign over over oh, the show I mean, like, like that's That stuff
1: he did when he asked him to impersonate a, a Chinese tourist did you see that no he just went off to the races instantly like he'd been practicing racist improv this this state <laughs> senator state congressman from Georgia
0: yeah which just and just A series of words, none of which had any connection to China. Sushi, sushi. Ho Chi Minh City. Konnichiwa.
1: Chopsticks. He just starts this word salad. Ho Chi
0: Minh is in Vietnam. Uh It's
1: amazing.
0: (laughs) So so they found this with radar instruments, uh, light masses, examine the surface and immediate subsurface of the planet by sending out a signal and examining what is bouncing back. The continuous white line at the top of the radar results in this article, marks the beginnings of the South Pole layer deposit, which is a phyllo pastry-like accumulation of water, ice and dust.
3: <laughs> phyllo pastry-like. It's very specific. Like, it, like, it is. I, I mean, I
0: know exactly yeah. what you're talking about, but... I I've been watching Great British of Bake pictures, Off. So. I know phyllo. <laughs> I know it's all about the folds. You gotta do the folds, and then you gotta, you gotta roll it out again, and then fold it some more. Oh, so beneath- that's the secret. And it's the fat layers between. It's the <laughs> butter. You gotta get the butter right. But beneath this, researchers spotted something... Unusual. I think that's phyllo, isn't it? Now I'm doubting myself. As opposed to what? Now what's puff pastry? Puff pastry, I think, is lumps of butter, and that gives you the puff... Ah, fuck it, I don't know. You need (laughs) to get this right. (laughs) Beneath this, researchers spotted something unusual one and a half kilometers under the ice. What was it? In light blue, you can see where the reflections from the bottom are stronger than surface reflection. This is something that is to us the telltale sign of the presence of water, says Professor Rorose. Speculation. What does this mean for life? Asked the article. Nothing yet. <laughs> it instantly replies. <laughs> nothing definitive anyway.
2: Nothing. Nothing yet. No, don't get your hopes up, basically. Yeah.
3: Well, doctor, it could be something amazing. Or it could be nothing. It could be nothing. I can't commit to anything just now.
2: That's it. I Do- think the sentiment of, like, everybody in... Yeah. <laughs>
3: In, sci- in the world of science.
2: Also in the world of dating. <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs>
3: Don't hold me to that. But if it's a huge win and it's attributed to me, yes, I said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh quick plug for this week's Twinsies I'm about to put out Which is uh, No Strings Attached And Friends with Benefits Those two movies Yeah I've never seen either of those They're so bad And so interchangeable I watched them TJ and I watched them both yesterday And like After finishing the second I had no idea Which things happened In which movie Who's in No Strings
3: Attached
2: one of them is Justin yeah, Timberlake. Difference. One of them is Dustin Timberlake. With, they were both That's Mila Kunis. called That's
1: Friends of Benefits, with benefits I think. in the development I period. Think. And then No Strings Attached had to change their name. No Strings Attached is Kutcher and Portman, Friends of Benefits, so this is is, Timberlake and Kunis. So this is Kutcher. your second Kutcher twins, twin movie. Yeah, it's got a couple overlaps with other things.
0: This is this is a podcast. This is the other podcast that Andy does About with our friend TJ like Chambers. And it's stunts, yeah. Peak Volcano oh, and Volcanoes stuff like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like that. That's mm. awesome.
0: So.
3: Leviathan and Deep Star Six, There's, and also and Abyss, the Abyss, which and, is the best one. The Abyss is the best one.
1: And wow. there are four that year, weren't there? I, well, there are four body switching movies. There I just were three I remember movies, the three, and Leviathan, I was like, Six,
3: "Didn't we just see another movie about super deep down in the in yeah. in the ocean?"
2: what's like, like the There's Armageddon of, and Deep Impact that's the one we yeah. gotta
3: save for like our last episode live uh, at the Hollywood Bowl or something
2: yeah
0: that's,
1: nice <laughs> once we get a few more lessons live from the Hollywood
2: Bowl
0: <laughs> so Dr. Manish Patel from the Open University explained about the life question we've long since known that the surface of Mars is inhospitable to life as we know it so the search for life on Mars is now in the subsurface this is where we get sufficient protection from harmful radiation and the pressure and temperature rise to more favorable levels. More importantly, this allows liquid water essential for life. If I
3: may, no knock on the guy, but doesn't Manish Patel sound like you were about to say mashed
0: potatoes? <laughs> Sorry, Manish. It does yeah. a bit. I mean, I wasn't, though. Good. Yeah. Sure. Continue. Now he says it. I
2: mean, I, mean, I bet that was probably his nickname in, like, grade school, high school, so something mashed? like that. <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah. Hey. Um. He had a buddy named Bangers he would hang out with. <laughs> the principle follow of following the water is key to astrobiology, the study of potential life beyond Earth.
1: And investigative journalism.
0: Yeah. So, and dating.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we are not close to actually detecting life, Dr. Patel told BBC News, but what this finally does give us is the location of where to look on Mars. It's like a treasure map, except in this case, there will be lots of X mar- X's marking the spots. Okay. <laughs> Duly noted
2: treasure map to find water <laughs> that's yeah. what it is
0: yeah. uh, the water's temperature and chemistry could also pose a problem for any potential martian organisms in order to remain liquid in such cold conditions the research team estimate that between minus 10 and minus 10 celsius where it meets, meets the ice above the water likely has a great many salts dissolved in it it's pro- it's plausible the water may be an extremely cold concentrated brine which would be very challenging for life damn it
3: but what do um, I know? He added, I just used dowsing rods. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call those people? Idiots.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: uh, Every town used to have one,
2: right?
1: Uh, <laughs> isn't that what Joseph Smith did before he got into Pseudo-science uh, starting morons. Religions? Yeah. yeah. He, seriously, I think he was one of those people I that think come he and find water in your land with a magic stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So Divining? what are
2: they going to do with this water? Is this going to help like the colonization of Mars They're at gonna, all? They, or are they just going to? Dasani
3: has already laid claim to
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Mars water is the greatest water. It's it the is water. the great. You just
3: immediately go to Trump. I'm selling uh, this the exclusively. Very, on, very good water. It's going to be the best water you've ever tasted. Um, it is poison. It comes
1: from Fiji. This is like that except it's a different planet. The it's it's uh, water.
3: very salty.
1: Super salty water. The saltiest <laughs> water. Nobody has water as salty as I do.
3: Yeah, I mean. Now that you know, I mean, if we're just now discovering that yes, there could be water there, and yes, A plus B equals C, if that, if wa- having water there means there could be life, but we still haven't found. Yeah,
0: so well, here is what they do. So scientists have previously claimed to find bacterial life in the buried depths of Antarctica's Lake Vostok, but drilling on Mars would make for an ambitious product project, indeed. Getting there and acquiring the final evidence that this is indeed a lake will not be an easy task, says Professor Arose. It'll require flying a robot there, which is capable of driv- drilling through one and a half kilometers of ice. This will certainly require some technological developments that, that at the moment are not available.
2: Oh, I feel like like Elon Musk is reading this. He's like, no, I'm going to get that stuff available ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> He's to I'm,
0: I'm like... drink drinker. I'm going to be the first I'm to drink it. <laughs> <submarine
2: right now. laughs> It's going to be the million dollar bottle of water. If you won't let me like, send
1: my equipment up there, I'm going to call someone involved with this, a pedophile.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you know why I called you all here? uh. We're not doing electric cars anymore. I gotta taste this water. <laughs> yeah. We're
0: putting all of our... I mean,
2: uh, I mean you gotta imagine billionaires, there's, if they can't have something, they have to have it. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. they will go to great lengths to just get that thing. Yeah. We
0: have now, for some reason, we've accidentally got some Thai children stuck under Mars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're stuck
0: inside Mars. Let's get past the how. Let's get onto the... Let's fix this. We, we can all criticize. There's, there'll be room for the how
3: after the fact. Turn the Page. We're on to the next. Come on, guys! I need you on board with me. Here, you're all complicit.
1: Suddenly, the, the Tesla in space just goes into stage two and starts heading straight towards Mars. Like, Oh, this whole time that the car had a purpose. There's a like thing to find buried died children under lakes in yeah. Mars.
3: You get there, and there's already Tesla stations, <laughs> charging stations. Yeah, every, like two miles. So, if I'm hearing that right, they're finding that there could be bacteria, which is essentially how this planet started. So. We just basically need to fast forward 500 million years and then
0: there should be. And humans. then they'll be finding us. Sure, they'll be yeah. digging for the remains of us. Right.
3: I didn't know about this
1: other study that's found signs of those thousands of species of fungi and bacteria doesn't that seem like the bigger story how did we not cover that when it happened or is it just they're saying signs as in like because
2: people don't get excited about bacteria and fungi (laughs) people are excited about somebody in the new york times is like i don't
3: it's not sexy yeah i don't get out of bed to find out about a fungi 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 (laughs)
2: makes you think of like stuff that you'd find on your foot after like a locker room thing or an old sponge
1: unless we're talking vertebrates here Don't bother me with this shit yeah (laughs) <laughs> uh, but no I mean like Just finding any Actual life No matter how simple Would automatically Suddenly like Undermine tons of Religions and other Like things that uh, Would probably oh, not You, would think. That, they, you they would think They
2: would just Rewrite right, You know right, that they Would right. just readjust The religion It'd be like sure. you know It'd be you know It's like the King You know like just Redoing it again this You know just like
1: an Annexed part of Earth It's still considered Earth If
3: it's Mars Epilogue to... <laughs>
2: um, yeah. We have an
3: addendum
1: yes. I mean
2: God made the universe In seven days Not not just the world yeah <laughs>
3: come on Come
1: on He made all the deer And the mice And the fungi On Mars <laughs> Fungi
2: Fungi Yeah fungi Ooh Martian no, deer Oh what if there are things. Martian mushrooms That would be fun like like if there were, like, mushrooms on mar- like hey, There'd be psilocybin, the, sure. the kind of, <laughs> bro. Joe Rogan. let
1: it, guys.
0: I wasn't going to do this story, but we've got a little <laughs> bit of time, and this is a fun one to end on, I think. Sure, hit it. Because uh, this very neatly connects to a story that uh, listener Oren Harris sent in, which is drug bugs. This parasite drugs its host with a psychedelic chemical in shrooms. Oh, shit. What? It also makes their butts fall off. <laughs> Does it, <laughs>
2: wait, wait. Part of it, right? Does
0: it do it with, like, psilocybin mushrooms? Like, it takes yeah. it into a thing and then injects it into it? Yeah.
3: So, wow. What,
0: this, this story in the Atlantic starts off with, Imagine emerging from the sun after 17 long years spent lying underground only oh. for your butt to fall off. Oh. So they're cicadas. <laughs> yeah, this ignominious fate frequently befalls America's cicadas. These bugs spend their youth underground feeding on roots. After 13 or 17 years of this, they synchro- synchronously erupt from the soil... I don't know how I managed to pronounce that word wrongly. The soil. (laughs) In in plagues of biblical proportions for a few weeks of song and sex. This is a very...
2: Thirteen to seventeen years waiting for just a couple weeks of sex, or
0: seventeen.
3: It's always a like, prime number. It's worth it, bro. It
2: like like thirteen, or, and you only get for two for like a couple weeks of sex. Like worth uh.
3: it. I, don't I re, know. I know. In Chicago, they'd come out about every seven. T- it was more than ten years. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, are they are those katydids Are they cicadas, Are they locusts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's but the cicadas, I guess the specific cicadas are seventeen years. They're loud. Yeah, they're Super loud. Primes. So that But they, it's once every seventeen years. How I, can you
0: complain?
2: Yeah. I mean and they are just like they're you know having a bunch of sex so like they're partying you know it's like if you hear your neighbor having sex you're just like right eh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's that know, time of them. the century
0: but some of them on the way out encounter the spores of a fungus called massopora a week after these encounters the hard panels of the cicada's abdomens how do you pronounce that word is, slough, it, that is it slough off it is slough, slough you say slough i'm not sure well no slough is how you pronounce the town that's spelled <laughs> that way revealing did you a say strange... trough
1: or trial or, or i'd say
0: trough but that's no guarantee of how other words are pronounced with that
1: that was the ending. host of only connect said that word and she said it in a way i've never heard and then no one else on the panels had ever heard uh. like, oh you guys don't even know how
0: you say things. did she say did she like true or something like how did
1: she asked the panelists how they all say the word and i forgot all the different ways of saying it but hers was like trough or trough or trio i can't remember there were like five different ways Weird. of saying
0: it uh revealing a strange white plug. That's the fungus which has grown throughout the insect, consumed its organs, and converted the rear third of its body into a mass of spores. Oh, shit. The de insects go about their business as if nothing unusual has happened, and as they fly around, the spores rain down from their exposed backsides, landing on other cicadas and saturating the soil. We call them flying sh- salt shakers of death, said Matt Casson, who studies fungi at West Virginia <laughs> University. That's the no, no, scientific that's, term. No,
2: that's the, the PR being like, we got we to gotta sell that's this, like, you
1: know? Like, oh, that's that's a, yeah. like <laughs> uh.
0: So since the 19th century, you've known about Massapora and its butt eating. But Casson <laughs> and his colleagues have only just shown that it has another secret. It doses its victim with mind-altering drugs. Which is perhaps why the cicadas walk around as if nothing's wrong, even though a third of their body has fallen <laughs> off. Says Casson. Oh my god! So it's like their
2: body falls off, but they drug them so much that they don't notice.
0: Yeah. It's so like
1: one of those World War Two movies. It's like, I'm not going to be okay. And you look down. He's like, "Got no-, yeah. Yeah. no. No, no, you're going to oh, yeah. be fine. No, you're gonna 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 be, be fine. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We're going to yeah. be back to the farm. It's just yeah. a flesh wound. It's fine. Think about Elaine back in yeah. Missouri. Yeah, little... and uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> Don't look down. You
0: just keep focusing on my eye. We're going to see the and We're going to get through this. You'll be running with your dog. What's your dog's name again? It's rusty. it's rusty, it's Rusty. So you and Rusty going to be playing fetch. So to study these fungi, you have to be at the right place at the right time, says Kasson. For him, it was May 2016 when billions of periodical cicadas emerged throughout the northeastern U.S. He and his colleagues collected around 150 of the unfortunate salt shakers. And a year <laughs> later, a colleague supplemented this collection with the inf- infected... Banger wing cicadas are different species that emerges annually. Oh! I just
2: keep imagining like salt shaker shakers shaped like cicadas. Like one's the oh, butt good, and one yeah. is the other one, Ooh. the other end. Yeah. These are the salt shakers. One of them
0: has psilocybin and banger yeah, wing sounds like that's good. the club kid version. I think. <laughs> <laughs> They're out every year. Yeah. Just to bang. Yeah. A so bang. wait,
2: do, do they? are they still able to... Pro- <laughs> this might be a dumb question. Are they still able to procreate without their butts?
0: I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the kids come out
2: super <laughs> messed up, man.
0: <laughs> so Greg Boyce, a member of Kasten's team, looked at all the chemicals found in the white fungal plugs of the various cicadas, and to his shock, he found that the banger wings were loaded with psilocybin, the potent hallucinogen found in magic mushrooms how did he find out why, f- why he licked all the wings yeah. of course at first i thought there's no way it seems impossible after all no one has detected psilocybin in anything other than mushrooms and these fungi have been evolving separately from massapora for around 900 million years the surprises didn't stop there i remember looking over at greg one night and he had a strange look on his face did he <laughs> uh, says he said have you ever heard of cathinone Casson hadn't, but a quick search revealed that it's an amphetamine. It had never been found in a fungus before. Indeed, it was only known only from the cut plant, that's K-H-A-T oh, yeah. plant, that's long been chewed by people from the Middle East and the Horn of Africa. But apparently, it's also produced by Massapora as it infects periodic cicadas. Oh, the man. The team took great pains to check that Massapora really does contain these unexpected drugs. Great pains. Yeah. They show the substances are found only in the infected cicadas and not the uninfected ones, and found the fungus has the right genes for making these chemicals and contains the precursor substance you'd expect. At, this po- at some point during this, it dawned on Kasten that he was working with illicit substances. Well, but Psilocybin in particular is a Schedule 1 drug, and researchers who study it need a permit from the DEA. And he was all, oh <sighs> crap. And then he thought, "Oh shit! Yeah, the DA is going to come in here and tase me and confiscate my flying suit."
2: <laughs> that is a very thing, He's... like a mushroomy thing to say.
0: My soul cheekers. He then added, "Have you ever really looked at your hands?" <laughs> <laughs> he sent them an email. "This is interesting," said the initial response. "You have to understand, this is not something we normally get emails about." <laughs> After some discussion, the agency just. Dis- decided no permit was required since the drug is found in such small quantities and since Cadden had no plans for concentrating it.
3: You you omitted the ellipses. It said, this is dot, yeah. dot, dot, interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he asked Casson if it's possible to get high by eating Masopora, uh, the The author, if it's possible to get high by eating these cicadas. Surprisingly, he didn't say no based on the ones we looked at it would probably take a dozen or more there's but it's possible Wait,
3: but keep in it, mind they've been underground for 17 years so do you really want to eat that? Yeah. Oh
2: no I, I guarantee you there's probably some people listening to this that are going like, to go and out and seek these and sure. be like alright let's for just, like, sure. let's Look just for the have here. a yes. dinner some party independently wealthy YouTuber <laughs> yeah. who's
3: just like Dude, last year was the uh, what's the stuff in South America that makes you vomit and hallucinate?
2: Oh, Ayahuasca. Uh, the, the, the Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca.
3: They're like, we already did that, bro. It's time <laughs> for the
0: cicadas. The salt shakers. Particularly sucks. apparently maybe in the earlier stage when they might pump out higher concentrations. I wouldn't be surprised well, if somebody's yeah, already well, tried Well, so,
2: Especially with, like, with now it's like the crickets and the protein and all that stuff now. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if people try those. And then
3: the bofo frog. You guys are familiar with the bofo frog? No, no what's the, that? High, that's the one that secretes the psychedelics stuff and people just lick them it's just uh, like, it's okay. basically a poison that they secrete that makes
0: other animals go from, don't, don't ever eat, eat that thing, but humans right? are like <laughs> give it a go <laughs> <laughs> so uh castle suspects the drugs help the fungus control its hosts Infectious caters behave strangely here's your answer uh sarah despite their horrific injuries males become hyperactive and hypersexual (laughs) they frenetically try to mate with anything they can including with other males they'll even mimic the wing flicking signals of females to lure males towards them (laughs) None of this does them any good. Their genitals have either been devoured by the fungus or have fallen off with the rest of their butts.
2: <laughs> but they don't even know?
0: Yeah. What Instead, about- this behavior only benefits the fungus, allowing its spores to find new hosts. Oh, shit.
2: Uh, what about the females? Does it say anything about what, what happens it does. to them? I don't it know. It sounds like an episode
0: of On the Next, Maury.
2: <laughs> Psilocybin
3: spores made me gay. Um, <laughs> Maury, look at me. I don't even have an abdomen anymore. <laughs> I'm just trying to have just sex with just the cephalothorax a- trying to fuck whatever well, I it's- see? And- anything i see yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe subconsciously they know that like they're they're dying and they're like what am i gonna yeah. do before let's, i die i gotta just, just go, have a bunch of sex but yeah you can't have
0: but
1: you don't have yeah you don't have
0: the parts. Yeah. yeah so castle suspects the cathinone and psilocybin are responsible for at least some of the behaviors he said if i had a limb amputated i would probably have a lot of pep i probably wouldn't have a lot of pep in my step but these cicadas do something is giving them more energy the amphetamine could explain that right that the psilocybin's role is harder to explain. The drug might make humans hallucinate, but no one knows if it'll have the same effect on the cicadas. I mean, what else would you attribute it to? Well, there is a theory that magic mushrooms evolved psilocybin to p- reduce the appetite of insects that might compete with them for decaying wood. Hmm. Perhaps by suppressing the appetites of cicadas, Massapora nudges them away from foraging and towards incessant mating. There are mm. many, yeah, there are many parasitic fungi that manipulate the behavior of insect hosts, including the famous uh, Ophiocordyceps called diceps fungi which can turn ants into zombies we've
1: talked about that I think
0: we have yeah. there's a lot wow. of curiosity about how these fungi might actually manipulate behavior and this is the first time anyone has like, identified chemical compounds that could play that role I'm going with the former it just <laughs>
3: makes them crazy
1: yeah yeah I mean, it seems like a lot of extra benefits or just things that we would, if all you need to have is the appetite suppression, it's just unavoidable without the, also the hallucination sort of
2: like. That's just like a happy bonus, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, aren't they, st- are they still trying to get approval to be able to like explore like uh, the benefits for like depression and, and mushrooms yeah, right now? Yeah. They're still trying to fight to like do that. Yeah.
0: We had a story about that a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm that it there are increasing there's increasing evidence that it has effects on things like ps uh, ptsd and various other end of life stuff for like specifically
3: psilocybin or also I like think psilocybin. psilocybin okay what and also like mdma chemicals? as well well uh i was thinking timothy leary what's the oh what, acid do you mean LSD? lsd lsd yeah i think
1: they've been trying Lycergic. to do more i there was a, a guy who specializes in this on a podcast i heard recently and they they do more with psilocybin because it's harder for people who are trying to vilify that to vilify it because they're oh look at these acid heads just tripping on acid it's like right. oh psilocybin they, like, they have to look that up and find out like oh this is a mushroom it and, comes uh, from the earth mm-hmm.
0: and the earth can't hurt bro
1: nothing in the earth is harmful nothing in the earth is harmful <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. if it's
0: natural it's good for you hey Sarah and Josh where can our listeners find out about you and everything you do
2: Um, Go ahead, Sarah. (laughs) Okay, sure. Uh, I have a podcast called Sleeping with Sarah, so you can find that on wherever you listen to podcasts, right? Interview people in my bed. And then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sarah Albritton, where you can find out more shows and all that.
0: We will link to that in the show notes. Uh, And Josh?
3: Uh, You can check me out at um, The Ralphs on La Brea and (laughs) Fountain.
1: Oh, have you had the checkout lady who's always super happy? Oh, yeah. She's the best. Um, name,
3: I'm going to be there the next couple of weeks. Okay. I'm playing the part of a guy that's looking for a watermelon that's ripe. Coco. Cool, uh, cool. I've been playing that part for. A... Anyway, it's this. Just... <laughs> no, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Josh Cheney with six E's. Do your best to find me. I challenge <laughs> you. I challenge you to try and find me. And then uh, just doing shows around town and nice. hocking whatever thing that i just audition, auditioned for tide or cheer or cheerios or whatever
1: do they know that's a side of, side benefit if they cast
0: you is that you will plug the product on podcasts
3: <laughs> that probably helps the if they don't they know
0: they do now uh go you, buy tide and cheer you can find us at probably science probably science.com the squarespace power website that is currently down. Hopefully, we will be back up we'll get again. It back up there. <laughs> We're sorting it out. Uh, so, yeah, find that. Use the if you want to get a Squarespace website. What's the offer code you need to use? I believe Andy? you
1: can just use the code probably science hey. for uh, a discount on a new new account. So yes, do it is probably
0: science. And then we are at Andy T Wood and at Matt Kershon individually, and you do Instagram. I barely do.
1: Uh, yeah, Andy T. Wood on Instagram. Recently, I've just been putting up stories where I, I brag about the only connect things that I get that the contestants don't. So, so, so tune in.
0: So check yeah, those it's exciting. out. Josh and Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll be back with more stories and a more comprehensive answer to that whole prisoner's problem once I've really <laughs> thought about
1: it. Let's get a mathematician out and talk about it.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, right. thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye.